Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. These Canada administrators are walking back the promises they are made. Show the tape. If you ain't got nothing to hide, show the tape. You, you all know what's very profound? I bet you if that video showed Andrew doing something wrong, they would have no problem showing that video on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. But it only seems to be when the video has the police doing something wrong, then they got to redact it. Then they don't want to show it. We we have to always, when we get a chance, speak truth to power. So we can't do it alone. We need all of y'all speaking truth to power for our children. That's some fine rabble rousing there. Is that uh, Benjamin Crump, the uh, constant presence on these uh, scenes? So I don't know this latest shooting, so can you bring me up to speed on it? Yeah, the, the broad outlines of it were the uh, the cops were serving a warrant uh, to this guy's house, and he just he took off. He, I think he jumped in his car? Uh, he just said, I'm not sticking around. Leg, feets don't fail me now. And uh, and he took off, and he was uh, shot by the deputies in the back, and he uh, died. So are the police, I almost used the word claim, are the peace police saying that he had a weapon, or they thought he had a weapon or anything like that? Uh, no, actually, I haven't heard that claim if it's been made in the wake of the shooting. I want to. Well, surely they're not sure just saying we shot a guy running away from us in the back because we didn't want to have to chase him. I mean, they're not saying that, are they? Seven deputies have been placed on administrative leave. Two have resigned and one retired in the aftermath of the shooting. Hmm. Have um, you uh, have you looked into this enough to have any opinion on it? I don't know no, anything about I'm it. not sure I can trust the media accounts. From what I've read, the guy said, I'm leaving, and they shot him. Uh, as they, they were preventing him from fleeing. Now, what I don't know is what the warrant was for. I mean, if it was for, you know, multiple rapes or something horrific, and he was seen as a danger to the community, that changes the, the situation. You still don't get to shoot him with a running away, though, do you? Uh, it, it depends. If they're a danger to... To the community, yeah. And, and you know, I realize there are nuances to it that I'm not hip to. A I serial admit that rapist fully. running down the sidewalk, if they won't stop, you just get to shoot them? Uh, I don't know about a serial rapist, but, yeah, to, uh, you know, if you want. Uh, as Again, I don't know the specific wording of the law. I just know if that person is going to be a danger to the community, uh, the cops can bring them down. I don't know the specific wording, but back to the rabble rousing of uh, Mr. Crump there. The district attorney is saying, look, the law prohibits us from releasing the body worn camera footage without a court order. We're working to get a court order to release it. So the whole if it showed this, they'd release it If it showed that they wouldn't release a thing. The, the authorities are saying, look, we've got to follow the law. We're going to release it. I don't know, but they've got well, the town locked if, down, I guess. And, do I know that if it was to their benefit, they might not get it out faster? Uh, you might do the paperwork a little quicker. Yeah, I don't know that. Um, sure. I wish, and I've talked a lot about this Sam Harris podcast that I listened to last summer, went more in depth than anybody I've, I've ever heard and look getting into the statistics of this. How many black people are shot? How many white people are shot? How often does it seem to be justified? How often does it not seem to be justified? Amount of crime? 
the amount of encounters you have as a black person with cops versus white people, all this different sort of stuff, like in a very non-judgmental way. I wish we'd look at all the time, all the shootings, because I'm sure there's plenty across the United States every day. There's probably one where a white person is shot and put the same level of scrutiny on it. Sure. Just to get a, just so I could get a sense of how often do police shoot somebody that it's, you know, a close enough call that it becomes a thing. And, um, cause I don't have a sense. Maybe it's way harder than we all recognize. Maybe it's just that. What is the whole do we shoot or not? Maybe it's just done poorly way more often than we recognize. And by poorly, I, it might be as good as humans can do. Uh, yeah, which is why there ought to be, and there is in some departments, a whole lot of shoot-don't-shoot shoot training. They spend a lot of time on that. Um, I, and it varies department to department. Yeah, I, and also, I think if we could drop some of the crazy hot rhetoric, you would pull along conservative America if you made it an issue of liberty. And of yeah. uh, of oppression of of your natural rights as a human not to be killed by the government, um, and at the same time a sober, not worshipful nor demonizing look at policing and how difficult it is to be a cop. I think that would really advance society. But as Tim Scott found out when he cooked up what was really quite a nice uh, police reform bill, and he told Kamala Harris. I will give you an amendment for every single objection you have to my bill or everything you think ought to be on that. And they wouldn't even meet with them because they didn't want to give the Republicans a victory. So that's how serious they are about it. But if we could overcome that crap and get together, I think you could get a huge portion of America along with you. I'm looking at this headline from the Washington Times. Marco Rubio raps Facebook Zuckerberg for allegedly asking Chinese president to name his baby. I don't know that story. What? Did Zuckerberg say, hey, Xi, what do you think I would call this thing? I tell you what, how about, I value How about you. Brandon? <laughs> I That's value girl, you. I, how about Emma? I value you and the Chinese people so much, I would like you, sir, to name my child for me. <laughs> wow, that would be an astounding level of ass-kissing. Surely that's not true. Yeah, I'll have to look into that one. Uh, the president is expected to make an announcement about masks outdoors, I believe, given what Fauci said over the weekend. It's going to be, I don't know. Fauci said you don't, it, there's not a lot of science showing that the virus spreads outside. It, it's very difficult to spread outside. And then he said, and w- when you're vaccinated, it's very unlikely. God, I'd say. It's unlikely if you're not vaccinated, but it's really unlikely if you. So is Biden going to come out tomorrow and say, if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask? <laughs> he might. Of course, that would give everybody the cover, like me, because I'll be vaccinated as of Wednesday, to not wear a mask. Hey, I'm just doing what the president said. I don't have to wear a mask. Right. Well, outdoors, nobody should. I mean, unless you are shoulder to shoulder at a ball game, which doesn't exist, and you're unvaccinated, there's no reason to. I mean, even if you're unvaccinated outdoors, you're just not going to catch it. But if you're vaccinated, it's it's absurd, and it's worse than absurd because it's it it screws up everybody's attitudes about you know how to avoid the virus. What is mindless authority, and what is actually a good policy for keeping us safe? You can't you can't get all stupid and cloudy on that stuff, or you lose people's respect. Sean uh, informed us earlier on something I did not know, but makes sense now that the mask has become like a MAGA hat for some people. It's a political statement of some sort. 
Yeah, well... Is that the way you see it, Sean, from your reading of uh, that end of social media? Uh, It's a point that I heard somebody else make, and it made a lot of sense to me in in how it has kind of just become a cultural signaler more than any sort of meaningful thing. Yeah, I get it. It fits in with the... Yeah, okay. Um, Huh. Well, uh, my main thing about getting rid of masks, my number one thing about getting rid of masks, I can't wait until they're gone, is I can't freaking understand you! Yeah. You you mumbler quiet talkers, you're behind a glass with a mask in a loud room. What? I can't understand a word you're saying. <laughs> Had that happen to me at a government office, surprisingly. And no matter time, how many times I said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I can't really hear you. Because she didn't care. Of course she didn't care. It doesn't matter to her. I feel bad for people. It seems to mostly be women, and I, I feel bad for you. I get the sense that they're they feel like they're doing something wrong to speak loudly. Hmm. It kind of goes against their personality, or they they feel like it's too pushy or something. It's like hmm. I, I realize you're a, you're a young woman. Speak up, say out loud. That'll be thirty four dollars. Say it out loud. Yeah, for crying out loud. Yeah. <laughs> You know, the whole vaccine passport thing is a bad idea for several different reasons. But if if it could, if you could just flash it, no, I'm not wearing a mask. There, I can't give it to you, and I can't get it from you. There's no reason for me to wear a mask, etc. Unless you think I'm ugly. I mean, I would just, I would like to have some way of doing that, so we don't all have to run around doing something completely unnecessary. I don't know. Uh, frustrating. Coming up, you're going into work on a Monday. You hate your job. That's a given. You uh, you couldn't wait to leave. So how many followers do you need to have before you can quit your job? Cause if you oh, have enough, like on, on the gram? If you have enough followers on Instagram or YouTube or whatever, you make enough money, you can quit your job. Got that. Also, a bunch of volunteers lived in a cave for 40 days with no phones, clocks, or sunlight. What Ooh. What happened to them? They ate each other, didn't they? Oh, the cannibalism. One big oh, fat Lord. guy emerged after 40 days. Oh, no, and so many bones. <laughs> we'll have that for you next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. so much T-Rex information has been coming out recently. I don't know if there was a uh, documentary or something, but I know there was a paper released from UC Berkeley. Anyway. The band or the beast? The beast. I was talking last week about how while there were a a billion or so T-Rexes that existed on the planet, there were never more than 20,000 at any given time. Why? Quotas? Western United States. But this is an interesting uh, nugget that I hadn't heard before. They believe that T-Rexes hunted in packs like wolves. Imagine how terrifying that would be. I just read that. Pack of T-Rexes. Yeah, they they thought previously that they're too dumb to, like, organize themselves and, and, you know, cooperate to flush out prey. But now they're thinking they did. They found a family group that all died right together. I just would have thought they wouldn't need to, kind of like the way, you know, a lion will go out and get something. But, whew, a pack of T-Rexes. Um, I got this for, coming up. How many people, how many followers do you need to quit your job? If you hate your job, going into work on a Monday thinking, I, if I have to do this one more day, I'm going to jump off a building. 
I got an answer for you. Become okay. an influencer. Stay tuned. Excellent. Uh, they had volunteers live in a cave with no phones, clocks, or sunlight for 40 days to a, figure out how well people can do in isolation. The limits of human isolation is the study for who knows what reason. Yikes. I'd be a little nervous going into that if I was a volunteer. Am I going to go crazy or freak out? Well, I'll tell you what happened. At the end of 40 days, two-thirds of them wanted to stay in the cave longer. What? Yeah. Two-thirds of them wanted to stay longer. Was it like a party? Did they have liquor? Were they getting it on? Uh, during their time in the cave, the volunteers slept in tents, made their own electricity with a pedal bike since there was no natural light. They drew water from a well. Um, they had to follow their biological clocks to know when to sleep, eat, or do daily tasks. They quickly lost sense of time. One of the people that came out after 40 days thought they'd been underground for 23 days, so time apparently slowed down to a certain extent. Hmm. No communication with the outside world, etc., etc. Um Volunteers felt a two-thirds saying they wanted to stay in the cave for longer. For once in our lives, it was like we could press pause, said one of the seven women who wanted to stay longer. For once in our lives, we had time. We could stop and live and do our tasks. It was great. Living close to the bone, as they say. I don't doubt that, actually. No, I don't either. Um, I don't doubt that you, you could come out of that experience and think, I prefer that to this. Yeah, and, and then get sucked back into this very quickly for all kinds of reasons. Yeah, including some pretty practical reasons. Yeah, One yeah. thing that's become infinitely clear to me, just talking to friends and all, is that there are so many choices. It's it's, it's such a blessing and a curse. The state of healthcare, we have such astounding abilities for healthcare, but it's so damned expensive to get good healthcare that you just you have to keep laboring. You keep working just for insurance, if nothing else. Right. Yeah. 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 And the government insurance ain't so great. Well, living in that cave, unless you uh, won the lottery before you went in the cave, you were, who's providing your food for you? I suppose the whoever put on this experiment provided food for them, but I can't just go live in a cave. No. No, you cannot. I need some food. Yes. Um, like I thought one fat person would come out of the cave and there'd just be a stack of bones. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Turns out they did not ingest each other. Thank comes God. Out, comes out with his arms raised. I won. <laughs> I don't think you understood what we were trying to accomplish, oh, sir. Oh, jeez. I'm sorry. I completely misunderstood. <laughs> and could somebody give me a pizza? I am so tired of human flesh. I, oh. I, I thought, oh, boy, I wouldn't go in there. It's it's pretty gruesome. <laughs> Barbaric. <laughs> Anybody got a mop? Let, let me let me at least start. So many entrails. <laughs> So we all know there are people making money off of just being on the web. Either, Cheat. <laughs> either right. that's one of them. Either TikTok or YouTube videos or whatever. My my kids watch uh, Beck Bro Jack all the time, and he's just a guy who plays video games and talks about them. And part of it, he was just one of the first in. That that's a big part of this whole thing. Um, if you're one of the first people, first kids to review toys. First people to do opening boxes, you know, you might have a giant following. The next, the hundredth person to come along, nobody cares. Uh, but how many followers do you need to actually quit your job? Well, they figured this out. There is something called the uh, social income calculator where you can plug in all kinds of stuff and figure it out. It has to do with how much money you make currently. So if you want to earn $200,000 a year in social media, okay, you got, yes, a, please. Pretty, you got a pretty good job. You'd need 615 sponsored Instagram posts. You'd need 49 million views on YouTube. So if you're if you got 49 million views on YouTube, you're making two hundred thousand dollars a year, or a half a million views on TikTok. 
But that's to make two hundred grand a year. Let's be more realistic. So you would you just want to make thirty four thousand dollars a year, which is the average salary in the United States. You want to be able to live. You could live on the average salary if you can get ninety two million TikTok views, which is a lot smaller number. Uh, you'd need about ten thousand followers on TikTok. If you can get ten thousand followers on TikTok, you could quit and just live off of that now. Wow, wow! You can't live very well for thirty four k. The average salary, start. yeah. No boss is kind of pretty well. The average, yeah. Per, yeah no boss doing whatever the hell I want, and uh, you know, it's the average salary. It's the average person's living like it. Um, uh, you make about four dollars for every thousand views on YouTube. Instagram Instagram pays about two hundred and fifty bucks for a minimum of five thousand followers. Anyway, there's a calculator where you can figure this all out. If only I were the least bit creative or clever to get this going. I, just, I wish I had gotten in early, you know, been smart enough to do that. I think it's too late now. With rare exception, you just... And I've got all kinds of examples that I could point to, but of, of people that just started doing it earlier. I'm the guy who reviews lawnmower. Jim's lawnmower corner, I just started it first and, and, mm-hmm. and you know, got millions of followers. And then, and, and, and the site sends people there if you search on it and just. The unboxing videos and all so mundane, yet people are making a living off that. What's not been done? How about picking up my dog's poop? I do it every Saturday. <laughs> Go around the yard, pick up Baxter's poop. Could I, like, do a running commentary on that? Yeah. I think? Yeah. Wow, this one's huge. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, this one's nice and firm. This is nice, nice feel to this one. Be very popular. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Elon Musk is going to host Saturday Night Live. That sounds fantastic. I bet they come up with some really funny stuff to do with him, and he'd be a willing participant because he's willing to do anything. He doesn't care. He's got the ultimate fu money. So mm-hmm. he's also a very funny guy. <sighs> okay, I got a couple of science things here. Let me mention the uh, the the non the, the non terrifying ones first. <laughs> Wait a minute. The implication being, we got we got a pink moon tonight. So enjoy that. Uh, it's going to last a couple of days if you like a pink moon. Is it actually pink, or is that just some reference to some flower that's blooming at the same time that the Indians called it that? I don't know. What am I, Captain Mooney? I don't know. You brought I... it up, Moon Man. I'm almost putting off this next headline. This just broke. This is breaking news. Oh, boy. First ever created by the United States and China. We're working together on this. First ever human monkey embryos first ever i should get the right to vote well there you go right off the bat with the question it gets into wall street journal i'm just reading the article because this just did come across the creation of the first ever human monkey embryo sparks concern and they get into the ethical problems quickly and it's pretty complicated they're chimeras Mm-hmm. is what they are, and uh, this is the first time they've had this level of human-monkey chimeras um, with the, the cells in a lab dish. And it talked about how uh, in the past, when you know, we've grown um, organs and pigs and all kinds of different stuff like that. and uh, Ears on mice. Yeah, that sort of thing. But they, they, they reference an example of... Uh, 
human cells fairly quickly taking over the mouse brain cells and so it the mouse being much smarter and how the human cells have an ability to like you know push out of the way some of the other cells and they have some concerns with this happening with the human monkey embryos in that they don't know where this is going to go they don't know what sort of thing they'll end up with Hmm. and they can't control that and that they, the scientists in the Wall Street Journal say, we need to, with, I don't quite understand it, but they say this is a major step we've just taken. Huh. Uh, a, a huge hurdle that they weren't sure they could get to. And that we need to answer the questions now before it becomes a real crisis. How many cells of human need to take over before that's a human being as opposed to a monkey? You know, this is kind of gruesome if you're an animal rights activist, but we experiment on animals all the time. We, we uh, you know, we create little animal embryos and then we kill them. We snuff them or we let them get to a certain age and then we, you know, we test various things on them. And we snuff them. But if it's got a certain amount of human being in them, mm. at what point do we not uh, test them against their will or just start snuffing them willy nilly? Well, I, I mm, what are they and going at what for? Point, at what point are we living on an, on a planet? That ends up buying for the apes. That's really the question. <laughs> well, it's sooner or later. The matter of weeks, not months. Ah! I scream. Ah! There you go. Wow. I am wow. asking once again, can scientists please watch more movies? Yeah, I know. Can read a book. Well, what, what are they? Scientists. What are they going for with this? I mean, because if if they just need to produce certain hormones or something in a test tube, then you're not going to have you know little chimp boys running around the lab begging for human rights. Um, <laughs> but if they're like growing organs and such, I, then I, it's... I picture them in pants. <laughs> <laughs> Please, at least diapers. Um, you know, or... I, I talked. I talked last week about how we were at the zoo and we saw the monkeys walking around. And my my kids were amazed by the the the, the, the size of their testicles which are very much on display there but if they got a certain amount of human dna in them well they're committing a crime showing their testicles to everybody around and they gotta put pants on them so you're gonna have to have specially modified jail cells for for uh, chimp boys the question you just asked is part of what the scientists are saying hey look we need to we need to draw some lines some bright red lines here that everyone agrees on what are we going for what are we trying to accomplish what aren't we going to accomplish Let's not just, you know, because right now they're just kind of, whatever you can do, you can do. And then this country gets this, and then that country does that. But but they want to draw lines. They feel like they've reached the point we need to decide how much human is a human, what are we trying to accomplish, how far are we going to take this? Yeah, I think you probably ought to ask those questions before you get to the point where the chimp is writing a letter to Amnesty International. I mean, then you've probably waited too long. Or it's got a Trump hat on. <laughs> And then you have people hiring monkey laborers. I want to vote Trump 2024. You have have baboon statutes. Massage clinics with the willing baboons. Here's the problem. The the nightmarish possibilities are endless. Here's the real problem with this, obviously. China's going to keep doing whatever the hell they want to do. And if they had mostly human part monkeys, little, they don't care if they snuff them. They do that sort of thing with human beings all the time. Yeah, 100% human beings. So China is asshole. If China's willing to do that, North Korea is saying, hold my beer to their monkey butler. So so somebody smarter than me, read up on that major breakthrough that was just announced and tell me what it means uh, in a text or email or something. Because I look forward to uh, learning about the human monkey embryos. Now, this is more serious. 
This was unfortunately in the New York Post, even though it's one of the biggest newspapers in America. I think a lot of people don't take it seriously. It should be. I wish it were in the New York Times or Washington Post or everywhere. It is uh, about climate change, and it's from a guy who was in the Obama administration. He was undersecretary for science in the Obama administration's Department of Energy. And he writes in the New York Post that I worked on uh, government's investments in energy technologies, climate science, blah, 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 blah. That's a really high-ranking guy. Heck yeah! And he was in the Obama administration. And uh, the article starts off with about how there seems to be this belief that the science is settled and we all know what's going on with climate change. And he says, to paraphrase the Princess Bride, I do not think the science says what you think it says. For example, both research literature and government reports state clearly. He says the government's own reports. You just read. I got to read them. Look them up. They're online. Uh, heat waves in the U.S. are now no more common than they were in 1900. And the warmest temperatures in the U.S. have not risen in the past 50 years. He said, when I tell people this, most are incredulous, some gasp, and some get downright hostile. There are almost certainly not, these are certainly not the only climate facts you haven't heard. Here are three more that might surprise you, drawn from recent published research or assessments of climate science published by our own government and the U.N. Okay? You're going to the government and the U.N. They're the ones that are hot to trot on this stuff. This is not published by Shell Oil. No. Humans have had no detectable impact on hurricanes over the past century. Every bad hurricane we have, the news and politicians speak as if that's clearly an indication of man-made climate change. Greenland's ice sheet isn't shrinking any more rapidly today than it was 80 years ago. The global area burned by wildfires has declined more than 25% since 2003, and 2020 was one of the lowest years on record. Why haven't you heard these facts, he asks. Uh, My doubts began in late 2013 when I was asked by the American Physical Society to lead an update of its public statement on climate. As part of that effort, in January 2014, I convened a workshop with a specific objective to stress test the state of climate science. And I would guess, as a guy who was in the Obama administration, he was wanting to stress test to make it even more powerful to make the argument about why we've got to do something about this fast. Mm -hmm. I'll bet. I came away from the workshop not only surprised but shaken by the realization that climate science was far from less mature than I had supposed. Here's what I discovered. Humans exert a growing but physically small warming influence on the climate. The results from many different climate models disagree with or even contradict each other, and many kinds of observations are uh, up in the air. In short, the science is insufficient to make useful predictions about how the climate will change over the coming decades, much less what our, what effect our actions will have on it. Do you hear what that guy, what the guy is saying? We don't know what's going to happen in the future, so all this, we've got six years. John Kerry said this just the other day. We've got six to eight years to do something. You know, Bernie said 20 years. Everybody comes up with a shorter amount of time. He's saying the the actual science is the scientist who looks at this. We don't have no idea. And then what our effects would would result in, we have mm-hmm. no idea Yeah, what would happen. In the seven years since that workshop, I watched with dismay as the public discussions of climate and energy became increasingly distant from science. Phrases like climate emergency, climate crisis, and climate disaster are now routinely bandied about to support sweeping policy proposals to, quote, 
fight climate change with government interventions and subsidies. Not surprisingly, the Biden administration has made climate and energy a major priority infused throughout the government with the appointment of John Kerry as climate envoy and proposed spending of almost $2 trillion to fight this, quote, existential threat to humanity. Trillion-dollar decisions about reducing human influences on the climate should be informed by accurate understanding of scientific certainties and uncertainties. He talks about how a Nobel Prize-winning colleague in his acceptance speech a few years back gave a speech and said, give all the information to help others judge the value of your contribution, not just the information that leads to judgment in one particular direction or another, he implored. And he wanted scientists to watch out for you know, looking for things that fit their idea and leaving out things that don't fit their idea. Can you imagine if the race to get a, an effective COVID vaccine was as sloppy as this? Or as agenda-driven, as kind of narrative, uh, confirmation bias-driven as this seems to be? Current climate science, in its effort to persuade rather than inform, and the information presented withholds either essential context or what doesn't fit, Um. Scientists write too casually uh, about uh, reports. Reporters uncritically repeat the not-specific things the scientists say. Editors allow that to happen. Activists and their organizations fan the fires of alarm. And experts endorse the deception by keeping silent. As a result, the constant repetition of these and many other climate fallacies are turned into accepted truths known as, quote, the science. Mm. He says, and that's how he ended the, the article. I like that. So the scientists kind of give a little bit of a squishy info because they want it to go a certain way. The media does what the media does. They kind of take it and run with it. Editors don't get in the Oversimplify way. Oversimplify it, yeah. And as he said, the, the experts out there that know better keep their mouths shut. And that's how we end up where we are, We've where we've got the science says. And even Republicans are scared to say out loud, I don't think climate change is that big a deal, and I don't think we can do much about it. You can't even get elected, really, as a Republican most places that. You're seen as a complete crackpot. That's how much the climate change people have won. You're seen as a crackpot if you say that sort of thing. And this guy, again, from the Obama administration, looking at the actual science published by our own government in the U.N., says we're not even close to something you'd call the science on this. Wow. And to spend trillions of dollars on that basis seems crazy. I'd say so. Especially when you're doing it as a gesture, since China and India aren't going to go along. Right, right. Well, if I'm getting huge checks from, uh, you know, green energy companies, I'm going to go along. Come on. It's a climate party, everybody. I wish we lived in a world where this would have been the big story on Good Morning America Day and the Today Show and talking about it and saying, hmm, boy, I thought otherwise, you know, and really get into it. And if there's a counter force to this, some of the scientists say, wait, you know, I think you're wrong about that. Fine. Let's have it out. But no, he's he's not going to get a sniff. No. You heard it here, and unless you happen to read it in the New York Post over the weekend, you haven't heard this. Yeah. Well, yep, just a chorus of voices all saying the same thing, and we're supposed to go along and spend trillions of dollars, even if the science is pretty questionable. Well, I know I now know more about it than I did before. Yeah, I didn't know, actually, until fairly recently that uh, grant dollars flow mostly from the government, and they know what answer they're supposed to give. Sure you do. And if you want to keep your funding, you give the answer you're supposed to. I got a buddy who, that's what he did for a living for a while, was get grants. He was uh, uh, the guy that wrote up, he wasn't a scientist, but he was a guy, he knew how to get grants, and he got grants. And he said it's completely a political game. Hmm. You go after rich donors or the government, and you know what they want, 
You do a little work on figuring out what they want. You say, this is what we're going to give you what you want, and then you provide that for them to keep the money coming in to keep everybody employed. It's that simple. Sell your mittens, buy flip-flops. We'll all be fine. That's what I say. Celebrate life, man. We're breathing, we're walking. It's incredible. It's incredible. Like, it's incredible. My mom met my dad. They had sex. It's amazing. Like, do you understand? I'm here. You know what I mean? So, I'm so happy to be alive. So, I'm going to celebrate that tonight. I guess they had a live shot of his parents watching the... uh... The ceremony. He, the mom was his his, his guest. She was sitting in the audience, oh, and the camera oh, went really? to her oh, right great. right when he said that. And she and you can read her lips, and she does a. What is he talking about? <laughs> uh, that young man's name is Daniel Kaluuya. Yes, Daniel Kaluuya won a uh, Best Supporting Actor. All right, good for him. So uh, we haven't talked much about the Oscars because we've uh, grown to hate the Oscars, and they're entitled and smug and lecture us, and I hate it I'm not on so even, many levels. I'm not even that. I just, I just have complete disinterest in it. I love this quote from the New York. It. I don't. I just don't. It, it, it doesn't exist. I'm Zen. Go on. Beautiful. Oh, this is a quote from the New York Times. It was more like a cross between the Golden Globes and the closing night banquet of a long, exhausting convention. <laughs> it was it was very dull. I watched just a little bit of very little bit of it. But one thing shocked me. And Jack, as a former fan of the Oscars. Oh, absolutely. I used to I would have tuned in, watched some red carpet and, you know, recorded the whole thing. And I, I don't know if I missed one since I was seven years old. I didn't. I knew it was, I, I, I saw a headline that was on, didn't even c- consider trying to figure out where to watch it. Yeah, but listen to this. They didn't show the clips, the fairly long clips of the nominated best pictures. Oh, that's the... and and when they'd give out like a, a, a set design or costume design, they didn't do those little visuals of you know, look at the big wigs and the queenly no. clothes and stuff like no, that. You, you got to show us weird. You got to show us clips of the movies. We didn't all see them. In fact, in this pandemic year, almost nobody saw them. Yeah, and little mock-ups of the amazing sets they built and the I know, stuff. I know, Boo, I know, you I know, suck. I know Sean's pretty happy that Mank won for best production design. <laughs> Final thoughts with A-N-G. Yeah! He's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Enough manking around. Let's get the final thoughts of everybody on the crew, starting with Michelangelo pressing the buttons. He's our technical director. Michael? Yeah, every year I host three parties. A Pro Bowl party, a Miss America party, and an Oscars party. Yes. And last night, I think I took Oscars off the list after last night. So we're down to two. Oh, that's a shame. Uh, positive Sean, our producer. A final thought, Sean? Strangest thing of the Oscars last night was instead of ending with Best Picture, they ended with Best Actor and awarded it to Anthony Hopkins, who was not even there. So if the ending of the Oscars was like a still photo and then kind of fade to black. It was very bizarre. Hmm. That's a hmm. dumb idea to not have Best Picture last. That's clearly the last. Yeah, I know. I know. Inexplicable. Jack, a final thought for us? I'm looking at this article in Substack from Jay Caruso on the tediousness of political outrage. Talked about that a couple of times today. I know we're not there yet, but I I hope we're on the leading edge of coming out of this period where everybody's outraged and you pick a team. And, you know, if you're on that side, you're you're all about that side. You can't be a mishmash of different views. Right. I just hope that's ending. I'm so over it. 
Well, let me jump on the bandwagon to your final thought. The other thing I'm over is you have to use hyperbole for anybody to pay attention to you. That's the single dumbest thing I've ever heard you say. (laughs) You've got to wildly overstate your case or nobody will even pay you any heed. I'm hoping that will reverse itself and hyperbole will soon be so annoying to everybody you don't dare engage in it. Instead, you make a measured, intelligent argument. These are my fantasies. I'm sharing them with you. Well, things don't stay the same. The Oscars used to be like the second most watched show in America. I'm sure when we see the ratings tomorrow, it won't be many people tuned in. I mean, things change. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping the political outrage thing is going to go out of style. Uh, Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people who think so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. Look under hot links for the articles, the brilliant letters to schools, whatever we talked about. It's under hot links. You can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. We should post the New York Post climate change thing, too. See you tomorrow. God bless America. In any event, I hope this is behind us. But at times, there are ramifications. Thank you. Okay. My point was made. I'll see y'all soon. How much fun did you have out there today? A lot of fun. So, let's go out with a bang. Well, there are unicorn farms that would have to be set up, and they'd you, have to be put in cages. Do you put some sort of, like, a contraption on their buttocks, and then, well, like, they flatulate into it all night long? Yes. If you say, let's eat in the bathroom and in the kitchen, yeah, that's a new idea. Take care. Wear your mask. I know. Thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty.